Hi, this is Olo, and welcome to the Safaroto Podcast. Today's episode is a long-form conversation with my friend Mishka, which we recorded while we were together in Australia about seven months ago. Here are a few snippets from our chat. Greece was like beautiful for a couple of days, and then my friend had her stroke. He really helped save her life, actually. That was a crazy experience. I met one guy on Tinder, and he ended up inviting me to a Greek wedding. And I was... Also, when we were in Greece, we met these Italian guys that invited us to Italy, and we decided to go to Italy. Yeah, don't miss my dad. How did you feel to be Really rough. Try not to talk with your fists. <laughs> and I left my laptop in the airport. So, this episode was recorded as a test episode. As I was starting to think about launching a travel-focused podcast at the time, Mishka and I were sitting around and having a long chat for hours, and you'll get to hear part of it which we recorded. I did not have the right microphone, and so the audio is not the best, and I apologize in advance for that. I was a bit conflicted on whether to actually release this episode or not, but regardless of the audio quality, I think it is still worth a listen. Before we dive in into the episode, let me tell you a little more about how Mishka and I know each other. I met Mishka back in June 2019 in the streets of New York City, outside of a trade show we both attended. As some of my friends know, I'm a big fan of efficiency, and unlike most attendees who were struggling to carry big boxes out of the trade show, Mishka was using a compact, foldable cart with wheels to easily pull her boxes. I found it quite ingenious, and so I complimented her on that. A few minutes later, we both found ourselves in the same parking garage, waiting for the valet to bring our cars. And so we had a chat. We reconnected a few months later in Morocco, when she visited the country with her family. And I got a chance to spend more time with her, as well as meet her brother and her parents. We kept in touch during the following years, and as COVID passed, she adopted a digital nomad lifestyle, and we discussed meeting up somewhere around the world. Mishka ended up joining me and my friend Pavel in Brazil in February 2022. And we spent almost half of the year together in six different countries. A year after reconnecting in Brazil, we found ourselves in Australia together to attend a wedding in Sydney. After the wedding, we took a trip to Byron Bay where we sat down to catch up and reflect back on the previous 12 months and all the amazing memories we share together. This episode will give you a glimpse of how we travel the world. I hope you enjoy it. Site, but being able to 
feel a certain way and that feeling has to do with surrounded by nature, the sound of crickets, whether you're in front of an ocean or freezing cold at the top of a mountain, or even finding some form of satisfaction in difficult moments and knowing that part of the beauty of life, too. So we were having a conversation, right? So it's interesting that when we turn on the microphone, I want to change the, the dynamic a little bit. It's also about to learn to ignore that this is being recorded. <laughs> he wants to be in on it. <laughs> no, I'm less scared of the big one than the small one. I don't know why. Well, you're not scared of it. It's not a bit of a thing. That's true. No, initially when I was on the microphone, it was more to go back to travel. I'm trying to think about the Mishka from a year ago versus um, today. Let's go back maybe to you flying down to Brazil and come to expectation one other. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. Places. And this past year, I said, fuck it, to all of that. 
and I'm going to come every single day. Now, now is the time. Yeah, now is the time. And if someone is part of that, it's beautiful. And if not, then you meet people along the way and get to know yourself better. Beautiful. And I keep saying this phrase. How can you serve the world without knowing the people in it? It doesn't really sense. I think that you can, and I think a lot of Me too. I've had like a very good intention of helping people, but to not really understand poverty around the world, or to not understand cultural differences, or to not know what it's like to be grateful for the fact that you can flush the paper, or that the water is hot, or that you even have sanitary water to drink from. All of these little things are not so little. And going around the world, we realize like how amazing we have that, how much access we have, and like what are the things that make really big impact. They're the small things that we can do. Big impact. It doesn't have to be this flashy, sexy, multi, multi dollar thing. It's like so Western. You know, it unraveled all so many So like for materialism as much. I'm not saying I don't have materialistic things or desires I do, but not like before. I think that when you talk this kind of lifestyle you talk about, it's not so much about depriving yourself from things. It's more about filtering out your wants from your needs and it forces you to simplify your life and focus on what matters when it comes to materialistic things because you travel with a small backpack or yeah. a small suitcase you have to be thoughtful about what is it that I want to take with me that I'm actually going to use each object should have utility that is important enough to carry around a lot of things that we may need some times we can just buy it when we need it and then donate it if we're choosing it or we can rent it or we can borrow and then from a clothing perspective <laughs> it's always a harder for women for men I was going to say <laughs> my favorite topic for women right but one can be very stylish with little things or even yeah. finding beauty and finding comfort and just being yourself and being on your own body or ultimately you don't need a full closet of fancy Brandings to tell them about yourself. If you're able to be present and connect and go back to what we talked about initially, that more show of life, then you can be wearing a sexy speedo. <laughs> That's neon. It has to be neon. Yeah, only on the black one. But yeah, if I find the neon one, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't match the rest of the bathing suit collection. Yeah, we have to uh, break it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have my, uh, I'm wearing my neon top. I actually had a really nice message from a friend of mine today. We were texting him on this bar. He asked, like, what I'm up to. And then he said, I'm so proud of you. A true lover of, a true lover of life to the fullest. The lives you must impact and experience. Um, so damn magical. <laughs> we t- me and him talk a lot about, this friend who works for Conchata, essentially. And we talk a lot about the idea of, like, living full out and, like, doing what you love. When so many people have like, like all oh, that shitty job, like, why would you ever settle for yeah. an environment? And and it comes from like survival mechanisms or feeling the fear of like, well, will something else pay me? Or I'm comfortable. I already know my job here. Whatever it is, it saddens me because a, a typical job takes about forty percent of your waking.
not enjoy that much of your waking life is like put the drag on the rest of your life. Taking it back to the beginning here, what are supposed to be the best memories of the last year? Or places that are high at the moment? Okay, well, Jerry. I love Jerry. Uh, Zeus. Yes. Just like the dancing here and being in nature and swimming. Where are you? In Jerry, also the hikes in Rio, like they really, yeah, phenomenal. And like the Which hikes specifically? There were two, a Pedra de Gamea, yeah, for um, sure. And then the other one, I forget what it's called, Pedra. Oh, the one with the. It's smaller. It's really not as challenging. I did that one by myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we never, I didn't do that one because whenever I went to Rio, there was always more traffic to get there. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I'd rather go play volleyball or whatever. Yeah. Um, I ended up doing that. And what else? For some reason, I really enjoyed the language exchange also in Rio. Now that I'm thinking of Rio, that was such a cute night and like all the raining and then the dancing and that was beautiful. Yeah, I do miss the sushi from there. Where are you? Oh, my sushi. Yeah, so good. Patagonia actually was hiking with Samis because it was the first 
princess had ever seen snow. And she was like a little kid, like jumping, like she would hit the tree and the snow would fall, and she was just like, ah! Fuck you. We love you, and you said, and you see. And it's like, and I remember the day on top of my father, but I don't think it was all the way up for the time that we had always. There was a lake. I'm not sure you got the place. Yeah, I didn't get all the way up, but I saw it from the distance. Yeah, it was, it was just very beautiful out there. Beautiful. I wish I could hike as fast as I hike. Right. Right on time? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alright, so then we were out in for a while, and then we went to Chile. Yeah. So, what thoughts on Chile? Baby. Baby. We love you, baby. <laughs> uh, I really like the. Um, it was a heavy deal of the first really cool. view and the sense of time. Like, that uh, sense of the beauty, like, the of the ocean. It was really cool. It was a nice place for this area. Yeah. I'm really hoping it's maybe this year or the next year to make it down to Patagonia on the Chilean side. Oh, nice. And travel the ocean there. Alright, so Chile was nice. Did you stay very long? Was that 10 days? Yeah. That's the, the, the funniest thing. Because when you and I wanted to take space from each other, and we were both from Santiago, yeah, and right, so, <laughs> um, the good thing about Sushka and I is that so we love each other, <laughs> but sometimes we can get on each other's, you know, we want our own space. So we fly to Santiago, we get separate places, you know, sometimes we're going to be together, you know, the, 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 the travel family, sometimes we're on separate places, but in this case, alright, we're going to this town, let's spend a weekend. You do you, I do me, but then as we walk around the center, we keep running. That blew my mind. She was following me. Is it true that she probably saw some I went to church. Out. I did not think you'd be there. <laughs> yeah, I had a religious uh, side. Yeah, I went to that church. So, Chile. Okay, that's Chile. Then I was in Colombia. That was fine. First of all, I felt warm for the first time in a long time in Colombia, ah. so I was just like, ah, this is so nice, because I thought Chile would be warm, but it wasn't. I still felt very cold. Yeah, so we were in Patagonia, the first week of April, which was literally the last week or two of the season, because it started to get really cold and the people traveled there. Really and so we had this extended about two weeks in Patagonia. A little time in, in the Buenos Aires, then we were off to Chile, it was a little chillier. I, <laughs> so it's been like at least three weeks that we had to be by the beach. More. More, Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, was, like the end of Brazil. So it had been a good moment, too. Yeah. So we were, yeah. It's been, been, been over a month that we hadn't been in a warm, warm place, place by the beach. beach yeah. yeah and so we got, we got to Colombia. Yeah. And the first night. So we saw how much we arrived. We did fly together, probably. Yeah, so then we went up. No, we did fly together because uh, oh, I remember. We the same time. You arrived earlier than me. Yeah. Yeah, but I think our next flight was. Yeah. Did we go to the coast first? Yeah, yeah. we went to. I forget the we, flew, we, went we just to, had one night in Bogota, in Bogota and then and we, we flew to Cartagena. That was fun. Cartagena is not my favorite. Why? It's like really. Everyone's like in your face trying to sell you stuff. Like it has that vibe. But also, like we did go salsa dancing, which was fun. There were cool people besides that guy in the hospital, the one that was super drunk, and the cops came. 
at night with him. Remember when he woke up the entire room of like ten people in our hostel? He was really drunk and he needed to get money to like pay off the cops because they found stuff on him. Do you remember that? Was that a volcano? Was that was we were in Selena? Yeah, in Selena. I was in your room. I probably sat with. Because then in the morning I found out. I I forgot. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But I just remember that we ate some good food. We were only there for a few days. No, but then we went to the. uh, That was awesome. uh, Tyrone. Tyrone. I could have spent more time there. Yeah, we went first Tyrone. Yeah, we spent a couple days there. Only one. One Yeah, we could have done more easy. Well, I had been there in the past for a day trip, but I had packed them, so mm-hmm. it was like something I wanted to go back and experience. It was a vacation. Yeah, next time mm-hmm. I would do two or three days exactly. there. Just to like have time to get comfortable and explore. But I remember when I started doing that hike, I think AJ hurt his knees, so he was hiking at my pace. Um, <laughs> so we're walking, and I thought that people were chanting, but it was actually cicadas. And it blew oh, my mind. Cicadas. cicadas are the, the animal. Kind of it sounds like a rattling, but uh, they're like. Little sound yeah, but so it was gra- so beautiful. Like they're kind of like a grasshopper. They're a bit different, but yeah. yeah. But like, I actually have a recording of that sound. I haven't made an episode of it yet, yeah. but it was just like mind blowing how strong the sounds of nature were there, but so far from cars and everything. Yeah. Amazing. And they had a little new beach to the left. Yeah, actually, I remember coming back from the hike to yeah. have AJ in the water. Just cut it out. We love you, AJ. Yeah, I'll leave him. Hi, buddy, how are you? Yeah. Well, we spent a couple more days. We went back to. Uh, in Santa Marta. That, that was a cool hostel. What did you like in Santa Marta? What did you like? I don't know. Oh, the sushi! Oh my god, the sushi guy! Yeah, yeah. And he put gold on everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a really good experience. We had this little cute little sushi place. And the owner was super nice. He had little kids running around. Uh, his wife was there as well, super friendly family. And I ate very first time, right? Really connecting with him. And then suggested that we have sushi again the following day. And so then we went back and grew up. Maybe eight people, and then we didn't order from the menu. He was just making us sushi. He was asking for his favorite, we wanted it right there. So I think they like almost fried the kids. Yeah, we 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 yeah we're a bit generous compared to you know what you know we estimated it was some tip, and and they were just very happy and uh, really good people. I mean, if I I I went back. Oh, yeah, I did because I was there after the trek that I did. I went back one time. Oh, yeah, you stayed over there. That was after San Andres. We went to, yeah, then we went to San Andres, and that was beautiful. We were in different hospitals. Yeah. I found the best place to stay when all of us left. It was a gorgeous hospital that just opened, and it had like a sick pool, and it was so beautiful, and it was underpriced because they had just opened. I see. Uh, so we left for Chi- for Peru to go to the Inca Trail, Machu Picchu, and then what did you do? I went to do the trek, the Lost City trek. Yeah. So how long did you stay Colombia and then what did you do afterwards? So then that's when we split up. And yeah, uh, when did we reconnect? India. Wow. December. Okay. So now we're in June. 
Altogether with three weeks, and I went with 
went with a guy that I met when I was in Mexico. And that was really fun that we reconnected there. And he, like, loves scuba diving, too. So, but he also, like, knows everything about, like, he's a marine biologist, and he knows about, like, everything. So, when we were snorkeling, he was like, grab something and be like, if this is this type of crab, and, like, tell me all about it, and, like, put it back. <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> I made some really good friends there, actually. I went to, like, a salsa dancing class, and the teacher was Russian. I thought that was amazing, that he was Russian, and then I went by myself to the salsa dancing class, and I ended up making a bunch of friends that I hung out with when I was in Cairo. But just the scuba diving there, that's the first place I finally felt comfortable scuba diving, even though I dove in other places. There, they, like, took the time to teach us how to put our packs together, and, like, it was really safe, and the water was warm, and... There are also shore dives. So they, yeah, you know, every dive like, was a shore dive. Like, how can you ground it? You can, versus, like, get on the boat, you there, and, like, there yeah. is some pressure about getting water, but getting water versus, I feel like, hey, take your time with it. walking there. I actually don't... I like boat dives, too. I just, I think there they had the best teachers, and they would send, like, one dive instructor with the two of us, and I was like, this is amazing, and usually it costs an arm and a leg in there, it's like 30 bucks. Did you like the same place where how people was like Yeah, but I didn't go as deep as the people yeah. like the cold. It was the same school. Oh, no, I don't know if it's the same school. It was anywhere you had to like these dive instructors. Yeah, I think they just have really good diving places there in general. And actually, my Airbnb host was one of the instructors of the dive school that we went mm-hmm. to. But they were rated really, really high. Also, this is crazy. So the way that I met the guy in Mexico was we were in the same hostel together. And I wanted to go to do Temescal. Did you do Temescal when you were in Mexico? And I offered it to everyone. And nobody said yes besides him. And he ended up doing Temescal with me. And I just assumed there would be like, a lot of people when we got there, and it was just the two of us and like the Temescal. Yeah, and when we stepped into Temescal, the woman was like, Oh, like, how long are you guys married? And we're like, Don't oh, know, like, we just met. We hadn't even kissed or like anything yet. Um, and we ended up having this like super spiritual experience together. And after that, we connected and like we spent a few days together in Mexico, but it was Temescal that brought us together. And all the way in Egypt, I found a Temescal. Oh, wow. Which was cool. So there was this Mexican woman that married an Egyptian guy, and he had land, and she built a, t- a Temescal there. So we went there, and that was fantastic. It was like this place where they host retreats, but it was off-season. So just the two of us, and they made us food, and there was a jacuzzi and a Temescal, and she like did a ceremony for us. So I was like, wow, we're halfway across the world, and we're still... I love that they to take you back to something we said a little while back is... The moments that you call where it's like, oh, I took a picture in front of the pyramids. Or I, it's like, oh, there was a special moment in this special place where this experience just happened. And it's like the unexpected of the travel with somebody who you've come across in a different country and then you reconnected and you share this moment. And it's like yeah. a human connection, a special experience. And uh, yeah, and then as you're describing it, your face like, you know, <laughs> Egypt, so I think you yeah. afterwards. Yeah, then Cairo, then after Cairo. Well, like, yeah, the pyramids were cool, but even my favorite part of Cairo was the friends I met in Dahab that took us on like the local boats and out to eat. And local friends took us to the market, and when I got to the market, I had to buy a new suitcase. And then when my local friends got there, I put it in their car, and they're like, oh, how much did you pay for this? And I was like, this much, and they're like, oh, you should have waited for us. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, then Greece. Greece 
face was like beautiful for a couple of days and then my friend had her stroke which was like I think that was like two or three days of my trip so that was shocking that was a really big like reality check but also in a poet in some poetic way like it became one of the most important parts of my travel too because it shifted the way that I am living like the way that I'm She was also traveling solo, just like me. Oh, okay. so you were traveling solo, yeah. and you decided to go and spend some time together in Greece. And the three days the trip together in Greece, she had a stroke that was just unexpected. And it's crazy because she didn't even she didn't even want to come in the morning. I was gonna go. I met this guy in couch surfing, but he couldn't host us. But he's like a dive instructor, and he offered to spend time with me anyway. And I really wanted to go spend time with him. And my friend was poking fun at me. She said, don't you like him? I was like, no, he just seems like really cool. I like his profile. She was poking fun at it. And we were supposed to go snorkeling. And she's like, you know, like, I have work to do. I'm going to stay. Like, you go. And I was like, no, don't like make me go alone. Please come with me. And she did. And thank God she did. Because one moment she's like running around on the beach, like having a phone call for work. And then the next moment she's like, I don't feel well. And she went to sit in the car and have her body went limp. And couldn't talk that well after like two minutes and he took us right to the clinic and like if we didn't do everything but see she wouldn't be alive right now so he really helped save her life actually that was a crazy experience and she was like intubated and we had to fly from one island to the next because there was no medical there was just a medical clinic there was a proper hospital in Mykonos so I ended up in Crete where I wasn't supposed to be originally and all of this happened, and one of the magical things that happened in Crete is when I met Erin. That's like the day after Sarah's accident. And it's crazy because Erin and Sarah are the same age, and they both used to sell cars. Just like a weird thing that we, yeah, that we figured out for me. So Erin is a good friend you made there for Australia. How much more time do you spend in Greece? A little five a week with Erin. We explored different parts of Crete, which was really fun. We were like, manifesting games they would just be like we want watermelon and like later that day watermelon would be brought to our table or like yeah it was magic to show up uh, i remember we talked actually through that time yeah i called you um, we had talked together for a bit and uh yeah you did great like in the time of crisis i just remember saying hey, i'm so proud of you and had a lot of help honestly like random people i didn't want to like i met one guy on tinder and <laughs> i didn't want to tell him what happened and it ended up coming out and they were like so sweet I ended up with like a, a group of Greek guys and they were like it's okay like here's a glass of wine and like it's just like so sweet I met also a guy from couch surfing when I was in Crete and he ended up inviting me to a Greek wedding and I went to a wedding there <laughs> which was really cool our favorite thing <laughs> the local wedding <laughs> yeah and then was still in Greece, sorry, Greece was long. Greece was really interesting. Oh, Probably like a month. Maybe a little longer. I wasn't planning to, but you know, life happened. This is also interesting because that happened with my friend Sarah. Like my mom's best friend called me that her daughter was going through a breakup and she couldn't like get her out of bed. She's like, I know you traveled when you were going through a breakup. She could travel with you, so I had to convince her daughter to come. And when she arrived, she had never been on a plane by herself before. 
she had like a quarter of her bag was like like hair curling iron, yeah. like makeup and like shoes. <laughs> so for context <laughs> we had many conversations, the two of us, about <laughs> Not just conversations, you've gone through all my shit. I was gonna get in there. And that's what we got to putting all of her face on the bed and yeah. kind of like separate the essentials from the. Oh, we've been traveling together for two months. I haven't seen you wear this thing one time. Like, why is it still being there? Like, basically, at the end of the time, your parents were flying back to the US. Yeah. And so they can send things back with them. And so it was about like trying to lighten up the weight. And yeah. travel lighter. It's very ironic that it was you this time. It was. Uh, happy day to everybody else. And we forgot the Anne story. Which one? The luggages. Oh, yeah, that's a good We'll one. have to go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go back. <laughs> yeah. Sign up on the, the little joke who played amongst our friends without <laughs> suitcases. Alright, so Greece? Yeah. Then, yeah, so then I was exploring with her, and she kept extending her trip, which was cool. And she went from, like, not even being comfortable being by herself to, like, after Greece, we went to Turkey, and she was, like, walking around by herself. We only did Istanbul for a week, and then also one of my friends, one of my closest friends that I met in Mexico was also in Istanbul that week, so I got to reconnect with her, which is one of my highlights. Lynn, shout out, shout out. Also, when we were in Greece, we met these Italian guys that invited us to Italy, and we decided to go to Italy. And we also met, like, one of their girlfriends. She's right when we get to Italy. Yeah, so Istanbul was cool, beautiful, like, a very intense energy. There's, like, a lot happening. And actually, my favorite moment in Istanbul was when me and my friend Lynn, we took a tour. And after the tour, we walked into a mosque by ourselves. And it was just, like, a local mosque, and there were almost no sat there and meditated and I really felt calmness and quiet for the first time that I was there but I also I felt the presence of of energy from the universe and that was really beautiful. And then Italy you see these guys the magic of travel you run into new people you're the two weeks there in a different country than you yeah that's how I they say people get kicked up and uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's almost done. <laughs> no, but like, that was the first time that I changed my travel plans for someone. And it ended up being beautiful, even though that the romance part of it didn't blossom super far, but it was like... This is the thing, so we hung out with these guys, but my friend really didn't hit it off with the guy that she did hit it off with in Greece. And I was hitting it off with my guy, but we didn't have like five or six things with my friend, which ended up being a good thing. But then the friend that was a girl that was their friend, she invited us to come stay at her farm with her family. And my friend Christina was like, That doesn't like no, like that doesn't sound fun. And I was like, I love you, but I'm going. Like, you either come with me, or like, or you can stay. Yeah, you can do your own thing. I was like, I'm not missing out on the opportunity to like be with some local Italian family. Like, she was like, okay, fine, let's go. And that ended up being the highlight of the trip, too. She loved it so much. And like, one day, her great aunt lived in Brooklyn for 20 years, so she spoke English, but she's also so Italian. 
And I like went there and rewrote pasta by hand, and she was like so funny, like teaching me Neapolitan first phrases. And just, like nice. we had such a great time. Uh, the food was amazing. I went to like one of the best pizza places in the whole world there, and it was cool because they said like she called and like, they were like, no, we don't have any reservations. Or her friend called that was with us, and I was like, call back and tell them like if someone cancels, we'll take it. And they're like, it's not gonna work. And I was like, please just do that. So they did that, and half an hour later, we got a phone call, like, someone canceled, you, you have space at 11 p.m., and, like, the five of us went, and the food was amazing. They had to roll me out of there. I was like, it's a roll up. <laughs> <laughs> then Rome. And Rome was just beautiful. Like, it's such a cool city. Everywhere you turn, there's, like, this amazing statue or, like, insane fountain. But that's all I say Yeah. And they also have the scooters, which is a really cool way to see the city and get from place to place, aside from walking. Yeah, it was just beautiful. Made new friends, went like karaoke and made a bunch of friends. What did you sing? I, I tried to sing a bit. I was more listening, not singing so much, but it was just like a very local vibe. It was beautiful, and that was the end of that part of travel, and then I went home for two and a half months. How did you feel to be home this time? Really rough. Yeah, when I got home, my family was like very upset with me. Scott had gotten home. They were like, You've been gone for so long, like you missed so many things. And they were also like, What are you doing with your life? Like, they're just like worried about me getting older and my relationship status. And yeah, everyone wanted to get their two cents in, if I can put it like that, in the first few weeks of me being home. So that was stressful. I love you, siblings. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I do love them so much. I love them too. I know. That's true. We love you. I'm a Jersey family. <laughs> I will come visit one day. Please do. I'll let Mishka is there or not. Yeah, well, if I'm not there, you can have my home room to yourself. <laughs> I will come when Mishka is not there. <laughs> exactly. They would be so happy to have you. No, but it was lovely to be home because it gave me a chance to get close with everyone again and all the a lot of Jewish holidays were from that time. I also did a little trip down to Philly and caught up with friends and then went all the way down to North Carolina to visit my friend and then back up to DC to visit a friend. I did just like a little road trip while I still have my car. You mentioned something that I often have a conversation with people when they hear that you travel for a while and then I've been traveling for a while. It's like, well, how often do you go back? And like, can I be home? Yeah. Or it's like, what part of it? You learn to be home wherever you are. You get comfortable mm-hmm. with your routine. You, know, you, you don't get attached to physical space as much as I am. Yeah. I think I would like trying to have a comfort. But just attached to other people and connection with those people, the, your loved ones, your family, your friends. And so then it becomes important to find moments in your year when you travel and you spend time across the world to come back in the places where you have a high concentration of friends. To spend quite time with them, but also as, as we did in April, your Turkey fields to invite others to join you into their mm-hmm. travels. So you are able to nurture and continue to foster strong relationship with your friends and loved ones. And of course, nowadays with technology enhanced, you find mechanisms to get in touch instead of personal processes to talk to your little friends to check in with them to communicate. As an example, you know, stopping with them. Alfred Rachel, hey Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Yeah, it's the old site. Well, we haven't talked in a while. Let's have a call this afternoon to catch up. 
you know, yes, they are. really good at that, actually. I feel yeah. like, like, with certain people, every so often, just really take the time to have a long chat to yeah. maintain the friendships. I think it's important for me, like, I've kind of identified key people that I've worked through my life, and so being able to regularly check in and to make that just important. You keep a list. Yeah. You just know. In many ways, like, my WhatsApp conversations mm-hmm. are, like, a good kind of structure, quite a structure of the school down a bit. A lot of times what happens is I get triggered by something, and then we get people like someone, and then I'll say, oh, I haven't talked to Mishka in a while. And so I'll scroll down on WhatsApp and it looks like a conversation. Like, oh, hey. And then I'll send a message. And then, or maybe like, um, as I, I just scroll down, like, oh, and I also haven't talked to this person in a while. And so the fact that it's in chronological order, you know, you kind of scroll out to the bottom, like, oh, yes, I should check in on them. Or oftentimes, as you probably know, they use only messages as well. So it's I just love that feature of WhatsApp. Yeah, it's very easy to just send them over and say, even if you know, you know they're busy or maybe now isn't the time, it's like, hey, just sending a message of love, trying to think about them and just uh, yeah, you know, care about them. It's a really good way to have an asynchronous conversation rather than just have this yeah. text doesn't come your tone. And then most everybody, especially with time difference, is able to join us, call right away or have a long conversation. So being able to, I mean, I've had this with a few friends that I work. Livy, I send you lots of love. I think you would be the record of the longest audio message <laughs> you sent me, and I think that, that I've ever received. And I sent you, I think it was like six or seven minutes. And so then I'm like, thank you for giving updates on everything happening in life. And I, you know, just kind of sat down and listened to them. I listened to it the first time, and then you know, I was in the right space and context to respond back. I wanted to give that day to her as well. And I listened to it again, and then I just said, hey, let's start recording it. And so they're like, oh, wow, I just sent a lot of message at six or seven minutes long. Anyway, so then going back to your uh, travels. Yeah, well, then now, when we joined up again. Yeah, we talked on the phone. Oh, that and was fun. I was thinking I was going to go somewhere else. You know, we were thinking to go to Bali. And then, yeah. I had like a quick past life regression from a friend and she was like, I see like a lot of lives in India and a lot of lives in Israel. And then she stepped through the door to India and she told me two lives that I had in India. And after, she was like, are you planning to travel there? And I said, eventually, like not tomorrow, but sometime. And she was like, I think you should go there soon, specifically to go to Calcutta. And I was like, okay, like I'll consider it. And then like two days later, me and Aaron Yeah, you did. <laughs> That's <Right>? okay. <laughs> or 
sometimes if we're having a culture experience and somebody wants to do more, you know, cultural slash with the cities and somebody wants to spend more time in nature, then maybe that trip is the right for them. So I think that being able to bring the right people together is also about understanding people's personality, understanding people's interests, etc. And then both creating a group where people are likely to get along, but also, as you probably see in many other trips, like people are different from each other. And yeah. also being able to bring a part of the media. That's right. People who are very different from each other who can actually connect and learn from each other and work together and experience amazing moments together and connect in many different ways and do things at a time when they're interested in. And at the same time, being able to allow you to make the budget. Like, it's okay. like sometimes we stay in fancy Airbnbs, sometimes we stay in hostels, sometimes we live in hotels, sometimes we do fancy, expensive things, sometimes we do things that are very cheap. And then being able to understand how do we design a time together where everybody has a positive experience, given that in that case there were a few of us already committed to a trip, would that person be a good addition to the group? And then as an example, what we're going to do is rent motorcycles and do a motorcycle mm-hmm. trip in India. Is that somebody who is interested in doing that? And yeah. I know for the UK we talk about it as well, to go along and do the time and then, you know, what time, what part of the trip we do together, what time we go yeah. along. And so, and a lot of trips, what's I think is actually cool about it is the fact that you opt in to the things that you want to do. And so that you can also opt out and do your own thing. It's like yeah. always an adult. No reason to know. Exactly. And so that's what ended up happening. So, and then you move your flight 48 hours before or something like Not 48 hours, but like within a week. Yeah. yeah, I remember it was a very short term. We talked about it and then the following week. I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. India was awesome. I mean, so we got uninvited from the wedding we were supposed to go to. Thank you, Jay. Shout out, shout out. I do love you. Let's give a little context here. <laughs> Try not to talk with your fists. <laughs> That summarizes the conversation. <laughs> so, Pandita and I had spent some time in East Africa and we had a flight down to Kerala. And our plan was to rent motorcycles and do a road trip from Kochi for about three weeks. And from India, the plan was to fly down to Australia. Jay, who at the time lived in Delhi, was going to come down and join us in Kochi and then do the road trip together. But then, after we had our flights, he says that he won't be able to join us right away, he'll join us a few days later because a friend of his was getting married. And so, once the wedding is done, he'll fly down, which will be four or five days later. So, as soon as he sends us that message, we're like, well, we want to go to the wedding too. <laughs> oh, you um, invited yourself? Of course. <laughs> uh, and then, can you come? And then the answer was like, oh, yeah, of course, this is an Asian wedding. Like, it's allowed. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people come. <laughs> so the group expands. And so he checked with his friend and he, you know, we were invited. And then we have the conversation and you're invited as well. So now Jay's bringing seven friends. It's fine. our flights. And so we cancelled the initial flight we had and flew the day. You ladies flew down to the day. Yeah. And then we're supposed to go to Iowa for day. This train is planned, and we booked the flights. A few days later, we were going to fly down south. Anyways, there was a whole plan that was happening, and I think that the day you flew in, or the day It was the day I was going to fly. I like woke up, I was 
doing like my finishing touches of packing and I get a message that was like, so we're not going to that wedding anymore. Yeah. And I was just like, I remember being like really pissed because I was like, I could have used another week at home. Like if that Yeah, tonight we didn't do very much. 
highlights. Highlights. Okay, then we went to Pondy. You guys took motorcycles. Aaron and I took the train. Fun. Wrote some good poetry on the train. And when we got to Pondy, <laughs> they were trying to mess with us because they could see that we're travelers. But me and her wouldn't have it, so we ended up walking to our, to our hotel. That was really fun. Okay, so basically the taxi driver, the tuk-tuks. <laughs> They were, were just able, trying to take advantage of us. We weren't able to. Well, then we agreed on the price, but we sat in a different car. Uh-huh. And then the original guy that gave us the ridiculous price was like, "You can't go in this car. You have to go in mine." It's like we chose to go in this car, like we're paying this car, and he wouldn't have it. So we ended up just getting out and walking. But that was like a good thing in Pondicherry. If someone was like parked on the corner, if the person was parked, you had to go in that. Because if you didn't, they would have. It was like this weird, like, six mile. They probably have some kind of system of first helpers. They do, yeah. Yeah, but it's like a little bit. Anyway, it's a little crooked if you ask me. Andy was cute. There's a lot of food there. Yeah, a lot of French influence. Really cute, like, cafes, bakeries. It rained a lot when we were there. So, so much. But it was so, so beautiful. Go to the gym. Go to the gym. What was the name of the... Oh, Dosa. Yeah. I kept playing the song. Nosa. Nosa. <laughs> then you guys joined us. Yeah, I feel like we just like ate and chilled a lot. And then we had one really nice night when Jay cooked Indian food for us. Yeah. And we were dancing. And then we watched Tangled. Some of us watched Tangled. Some of us didn't. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Shopping a lot with Aaron there. Lots of highlights. You guys, you, you have to tell that part how you guys were driving through freaking monsoons. Yeah. In motorcycles. So as we left Chennai, <laughs> there was a lot of rainfall. I expected it to come today. They were actually flooding in Chennai a couple of days after we left. We had moments where there was no rain, but there were a lot of moments where there was little rain, and there were moments where there were there was a lot of rain. Overall, it was still a uh, really fun uh, road trip, yeah. but there were moments when there was a lot of rain that, ah, oh, this is stuff. <laughs> but beautiful landscape, it was really cool to see India at a motorcycle speed, being able to just stop wherever you want, to have so much street food as we uh, traveled across, and then we were making our itinerary down as we went along, as uh, an example, as we made a stop along the way, well, here we can go down this road and make it down this path, or we go up this mountain where they have some interesting things to see, and so we end up going that way, spending one night there, and, you know, kind of making our way, well, a lot of times we made a reservation the same day, like, then we wake up, and okay, well, where do we want to go? And then based on that, we'll uh, pick some accommodations along the way, make a reservation, and then ride a motorcycle, and uh, the fun part about us is a tower friend in India, you know? I've never ridden motorcycles before, besides <laughs> no, yeah. of the scooter experience. In Goma. Yeah, I did a week before, a couple of weeks before. And we rented we went the manual motorcycles and we picked them up from the shop. And then within a, an hour, after showing him the basics on how to operate a manual motorcycle, we were on the road, driving for two hours to the next town and embarked in a two week motorcycle road trip. 
So. I remember when I got on the back of his motorcycle when we were when we when we just met, but we were in Fondi and we all went to that cafe, and then we decided to have dinner at another place. And I got on the back of his motorcycle, and I was so nervous because I could just tell that he had no experience. Like, are we gonna make this five minute ride? It was really cool to be on the side of yeah, it was cool. Um, I think me and Aaron loved that we had motorcycles because we got that experience yeah, and a little bit of Ponzi without having to get them. What were some of your favorite moments of Kiraz? So from Ponzi to Kiraz. Yeah. Oh, also in Ponzi, me and Aaron met this amazing woman named Val. And we spent such a nice day like walking around and talking about life and spirituality. And that was a good highlight. Carla, um, we were having really funny situations with our hotels. <laughs> that's a, not something that needs to be talked about, but it's funny. So that's the birthplace of Ayurveda. So having all of this Ayurveda experience that was a big highlight for me. And I ended up towards the end, I found another massage therapist. Amazing. Yeah, I just felt like I had such a nice energetic exchange. Like, was it mostly just my depression, maybe? Uh huh. That was funny. Yeah. And I ended up doing an oracle reading for him. Cool. For fun. What else? Carla was just like beautiful. I really liked the day that we went on motorcycles. Like, we went, I forget the name of the um, temple, but it was beautiful. The Shiva Temple. Yeah. That was on the beach. Riding motorcycles there. And also just each day. Oh, our Jackie. <laughs> our, our chair guy. The one thing I learned from Carla was oh, yeah. there, when you bought chairs, they also gave you a bucket with water for your feet. And me and Erin were so like enamored with that idea. We're like, this is amazing. You never have to be on the chair with sandy feet ever again. And our guy was Jackie, and he would put flowers into our buckets of water. And then there were these fruit ladies that had amazing fruit salads, and a coconut lady that had amazing coconuts. So, so on the beach where we were staying, there was full. Uh, service providers. So there, were, uh, <laughs> there were maybe like 10 different vendors with a few chairs. Then they went out to the lake. There were, let's say, fruits Fruit. that's got, and there were like four or five ladies doing that. And there were yeah. people setting certain products. And so then for each one of those, you had your lady or your guy. Yeah. And then I think we spent about even like a week or 10 days over there. Yeah. That was really cool. Just like a daily routine. Lovely. You know, just relaxing by the beach and uh, enjoying the sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the sunsets, that was one of the best sunsets. I think it was the first night that we were all in parallel together, so I think me and Eric got their first guys arrived. But the sunset, I guess I'll just have to the picture, but the rays were like separated. And Carol was just really chill, the food was really good there. We had nice vibes. I felt like our crew was really close there, it was nice. Until Jay fell, like that was really scary for a moment. He just fell down the rocks. Yeah. Yes, that kind of Yeah. And that shifted the trip for everyone because the rest of the guys sent their motorcycles. Yeah, it's nice to go down to me. I was like, I had sent my bike to the motorcycle trip in New York. And we were going to return the bikes in Chennai. And then they just wanted to return the bikes, shoot them, and then fly. So, you know, it's kind of like the principle of. Back to Chennai was so much better. 
feels like very modern, more pagan. And I was able to see new things along the way, stop, go and work out at the gym, end up going to see Avatar. Yeah, oh yeah. That's the question about Avatar. Does that mean an hour has passed? <laughs> the train, what, every half hour? I mean, the Miliana went to go watch Avatar. It was in this movie theater that just opened up. It was like so cool. But there was an intermission. Did you have that too? Because yeah, in America, they don't have that. Well, I wonder whether they do it for long movies. I mean, I've, I've experienced intermission before. Oh, you have? I just don't know if I've experienced it in the US. I'm not a big movie theater person. I probably end up going to the movies maybe once a year, once every two years. I and think it wasn't in the US because I asked my friend and they said they didn't have that in the US. Yeah. Yeah, then you guys Australia, then. Yeah, then you uh, made your tour. Yeah, I mean. How it's... was the, the place I did for you to go up? <laughs> the area was cool. So there was like a very spiritual side to it, and then there was also like a very party side to it. One thing that was awesome was at the end of the year, so there were fireworks all the time. Like tons of fireworks going off every night. It was a lovely area. There was a little place to hike and walk on the beach. I found a community that did sound healing and ecstatic dance. That was a vibe that I was I also did one like breath work experience there. I had a lot of. I, I was so stunned how much my Russian team became the Goa. So like everyone from that part of the world was traveling, um, or as many people as could got away. Me and Erin had our cafe there. Like we got to know like the owner. They knew exactly what we were ordering. It was just, like a vibe. We had friends from all over the world. somewhere. Oh. Um, yeah, really cool. And 
they actually did Kilimanjaro together in the last year. That's really cool. But yeah, so I got there, and me and her mom couldn't even speak fully to each other, but we just hit it off energetically, and it felt so nice to have the maternal energy, and they just, like, were feeding me, and her grandma lived in the house, and it was just, like, such a local vibe, and her, her mom, like, or I think it was her dad's motorcycle, he let us take his motorcycle, and we just went around town, and it was such a small, intimate town experience. Nice. And then me and her and her mom, we went into Calcutta, and we went to all these, like, amazing sites together, and two specific temples that are, like, very, very famous, and I really felt so comfortable and to be part of it. It wasn't a card reader, but I don't know exactly if I got what I thought from that experience, but she texted me the other day, and she said, hi, sister, it's been a month since I met you, and that's really what it felt like. Well, because my friend Pratik, his family invited me over, they wanted to have me for lunch. They're basically like her. They're her future in-laws. They're going to get married within the next few years, I think. And, um, Sounds like we're going to wedding in the country. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so I think uh, we're bringing this conversation to a close. Thank you, thank you, Mishka, for uh, taking the time to have this uh, anthropology recording. It was a conversation that we started having, and I asked you if you had the microphone with you because I wanted to record something. And my intention was really to record us just talking and then having the microphone on the side to see what comes up. And I think that maybe some people will find this interesting and maybe we will continue to allocate time and create space for these conversations to happen. And uh, I'm sure we'll have many more conversations like this. I feel like there's so many themes for us to tackle. <laughs> but it was specific one of the tackle to the uh, language teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Please stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. All right. Peace out. Peace out.